Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest podcast for educational technology here at Shawnee State University. My name is Aaron Brewer, a former radio disc jockey at WMSR Red Hawk Radio, cable channels 15 and 20, or on the web at www.redhawkradio.com. <laughs> Today, we're here with Sarah, Raven, Aaron, Nathan, and Kara, and they're going to share some stories with you about the use of digital podcasting and digital storytelling in the classroom. They're going to share some stories themselves, talk about what they do when they tell stories, and what they need to tell good stories. So we're going to get started here with a couple of questions right here on WMSR Red Hawk Radio. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you consider yourself a storyteller? Why or why not? Who tells the stories in your family or among your friends? So, um... I don't really consider myself a storyteller unless I'm like comfortable. I guess I talk a lot when I feel comfortable. So in my friend group, it just kind of depends on the story or the experience. But I like talking about, like if I had a fun weekend, I like sharing that with my friends. And then in my family, I feel like my grandfather is the storyteller. He enjoys like talking and if he's not talking, he's singing. So he's like constantly entertaining yeah. us and things like that. I mean, being an English major, I mean, it's it's my thing. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, that's all I do, and I'm basically a theater major, just I don't like standing in front of a stage. <laughs> so, I, I mean, yeah. I tell stories all the time. I mean, in my family, I'm the one that drives the furthest to come here. So, I mean, the things that happen in Portsmouth are different than what happened where I'm from. So, anything interesting, I'm normally the one that talks to my family about it, but... Um, I mean, I do like telling stories. I actually have a novel I'm writing. So for after I graduate, maybe become an author. I don't know. That's interesting. <laughs> but, so, yeah. Um, I'm not completely a storyteller. Only like what Kara said. I, I have to be comfortable with the people I talk to to tell them any stories because stories to me are very personal and stuff you know that no one else knows that you just don't want to tell anyone but back home I definitely am the storyteller because if I wasn't my house would just be silent and sad <laughs> because my parents are very silent people and my sister's always away so if I wasn't the storyteller the house would be quiet I am definitely a storyteller but like everybody said, it, it depends on who I'm in front of. Mm -hmm. So when I'm with my friends, I would say I talk more than any of them. But if you ask anybody I have any classes with, if I talk very much, they're going to say no. <laughs> so I, I would say I'm probably the – I don't know if I'm a storyteller in my family. If it was just – because I'm an only child. If it was just me and my parents, then yes. But when you start, like, talking about family get-togethers – that's also when I'm kind of quiet because I'm not super close with all of my family. Yeah, so it just depends the context of everything. But I would definitely consider myself a storyteller. I think for me, it depends on who I'm around. Like my friends, I'm probably a storyteller. I can get very dramatic and excited. <laughs> and I mean, if it's around like in class or something, people I don't know too well, I tend to be really quiet and shy. But like my family, I'm definitely the storyteller. They like they tell me to tell the story because I tell it better, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I think jumping into stories is easy too. Like when my friends start talking, it's easy to like piggyback off one another. 
yeah and talk and for sure family my mom always tells me like she lives through my stories because my mom I mean now that she's an adult all she really does is go to work and come home so she always like asks me if I'm hanging out with my friends like if I had fun what all happened and she always says that she likes listening to me tell like about things in my life because she doesn't obviously go out with her friends as much anymore because she's an adult <laughs> Um, the next question was said, if, even if you're not a storyteller, what stories do you like to tell or have you told? So I think we can all answer that second part. Um, I don't necessarily know exactly what type of stories I like to tell, but I generally like to get a good laugh out of my friends. So if I'm going to tell a story to my friends, it probably has some kind of comical twist. I can't think of any examples yet, but I may once we go around everybody. <laughs> I feel like my friend group is dramatic, so whenever I'm telling a story, I always want some, like to get a reaction out of them, so I'll tell them something, and I may be um, exaggerating a lot, so I think those are the stories I like to tell. Gossip, which is ne not necessarily a good thing, but that's normally what we what gets us fired up and going. That's for me, too. Like, at work, especially, I have this one friend. Oh, my gosh, she knows everything that's going on, and she's, like, the storyteller at work, so I'm, like always t listening to her and then I go home and I tell my mom because she knows all the people at work so I'm like telling her everything that's happening and it's crazy <laughs> I mean I don't I don't discuss and tell stories about normal things I mean I'm just kind of I'm like you I do comic <laughs> stuff yeah. mainly but I also know a bunch of random facts and so I like to in put those into a conversation and it normally makes everyone laugh or makes them think and then continues the conversation so um the stories I like to tell are really big extravagant stories that's happened um like Kara I like to exaggerate a little bit to try and get a comedic joke out of what I'm telling my friends I can't think exactly what story I can tell because a lot of them are not school appropriate, but... I'll second that. Um, they are pretty funny. Um, I'm really good at stealing stories from something I read online. So I'll be like, telling a story, and then everybody like, that really happened? I'll be like, no, but I did read it. I read it online, <laughs> so I can't really tell you. And that generally gets a laugh, but you can hook them in with this whole story, and they're like, that happened to you? But like, no, not to me. I read it online, though. Um, I guess we all kind of touched on what makes for a good story, too. But is there anything you guys want to add to that? I would just like you said, like, having that hook to draw the people hook, in. The hook, for sure. Maybe. Something to draw people in and then something to mm -hmm. kind of conclude everything. Mm -hmm. Keep the conversation going. Well, I mean, like, even to start this, I mean, we had wanted an interesting introduction and none of us had any idea what to do. Yeah. <laughs> so our professor was gracious Brewer enough to help us. <laughs> I think with a story, you definitely have to get them to convey an emotion. They can't yeah. just, like, be stone-faced the whole time. Then at the end, they start laughing. They have to, you have to have them laugh through the whole thing or cry mm -hmm. through the whole thing. Like, it, you have to convey emotion through the whole story. Well, it's kind of like, you know, when you, like, watching a movie. You mm -hmm. know, you, if you watch a movie and it literally just spits out facts at you and at the end you're like, okay, I know the story, but I had no emotions yeah. throughout, then it's going to be a bad story. So definitely having some kind of emotion come out of who's watching, listening, or receiving the story. If you could sum up the course in a phrase or a word, what would it be? Explain. Um, 
I'm, I would say that it has been – well, I, like I talked to Brewer earlier about this last project, but I guess it, it, it goes for the whole course is that it kicked my butt. <laughs> As in, like, everything looked on the surface like it would be easier than it was, mm-hmm. and then I kind of wait until a little bit later to do it than I should, and it ends up being a lot harder than I thought it was. And I guess that's the whole purpose of the class, though. Like he said earlier, is that it's you realize how hard this stuff is, and this is stuff we're all mm-hmm. going to have to do as teachers. So, you know, you you're learning it now. How much preparation, how much time should go into these kind of things? That way, you're making the mistakes now and not when you're actually in the field teaching. You know, I can agree with that. Is uh, the main thing I'd say about this course is that it was interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean because I've always been good with technology I thought I was <laughs> yeah me and too. Uh, then there's a lot more stuff that I didn't realize I didn't know about computers and uh, just technology in general um, or the way it can be used in a classroom and so learning that was good but I mean there was just so many parts like like I said, it was just so much. Yeah, and, for sure. I mean, like when he'd have us do the planning and reflection, I'd always be like, okay, I was like, I can give this like four pages, and it turns into being like twelve pages, just because. It's like, yeah, I should probably touch on more, and it just ended yeah. up being like that, just because it takes so much more time than what it looks like it does. So, I think the class is rewarding in the fact that it actually does help us later on in like the technology sense for classes. Because before this, all I thought about was PowerPoint and maybe a few YouTube videos, but now i found different tools I would like to use in classroom, such as like a WebQuest and maybe some podcasts, and they can really help liven up a classroom instead of just doing boring old stuff. I thought for sure before I had this class that I was just going to be like an old school math teacher, because that's how I prefer when I'm in a math class is for them to you know do the examples on the board that kind of stuff don't make things too complicated just simple so I always thought well that's the way I'm going to teach but because of this class and the stuff we've done I I honestly feel like I'm going to do things a lot differently Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of people hate math for a reason and I think that's just because of how it's been taught Yeah. I think this course was educational and informative so like one thing that I think about is the um, the way that we use technology like so for instance somebody um, a teacher in a classroom may be using technology to take notes but then what's the difference when you could just use pencil and paper so I think like this course taught me like you want to use technology to its full purpose like not just for something that they could be doing with a different tool like you want something that they are going to learn from and actually use technology to its full benefit okay so what is one story you remember from this course that is worth telling now i don't know necessarily if this means like story we read or story that something that happened to us but if it was something we read, I think I really I always come back to that Google the error story that we learned we read like really early on, and we've applied that through a lot of stuff this semester. But if it's something that happened to us specifically, um, it doesn't have anything to do with the class. But it's kind of a funny story. Is when I was preparing for 
the midterm podcast project uh, me and my group had planned to meet up early the next morning and i thought okay what do i have to remember in the morning my microphone laptop that stuff so i went to get my microphone off the stand and broke the mount that mounted it onto the stand so we ended up having to just record it on my phone which was fine but i was wanting to like impress everybody with my professional <laughs> setup and it didn't quite work out i did I get the piece anyway. replaced but <laughs> I think a story that I think about is one that we read. Um, I can't exactly remember what it was all about, but I just remember the classroom that was on the digital world or something like that. It was, I can't remember what the theme of the world was, but they were all, it was kind of like, what is it? The galaxy far, far away. Yeah, it was the galaxy far, far away. And it just kind of reminded me like the Sims, but they were getting on there and they were like doing, playing this game and the teacher was just kind of upset at first because they thought it wasn't, um, educational but they found out like these students were creating relationships and things like that using this game so it was it was cool to learn about that that one stuck out most of you too because i thought that was really cool because in the end they did learn a lot yeah and the professor was actually really happy in the end right i thought that story was funny because one of them got married like three times yeah that's right <laughs> so one of them, the like they were like coming together to um create this big wedding on mm -hmm. this game yeah, and then yeah. they married one of their classmates, and then they divorced and married their other classmate. <laughs> <laughs> so now when my parents used to, or from if I could go back in time, when my parents used to get on to me in high school and stuff for playing video games all evening, I, I can tell them that I was benefiting. <laughs> I was creating relationships. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, where in your content or grade level do you see potential for the use of digital stories? I mean, like, in my English classroom, I mean, a lot of things that's going to be happening is writing. Um, and having them oh, that's tell perfect, their stories. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, like, one thing that I did for my web quest was, instead of having them tell me, because I did mystery novels being taught in the classroom, instead of having them, like, write their own, I decided to make them, uh, make their own comic of a mystery. And then the class figures out who the criminal is. Cool. And... Uh, my example I made was very basic. It was uh, pretty obvious who the culprit was, but uh, still, I mean, and some of the websites I included, they let you make your own character to look just like you, so you could be the criminal if you wanted to. Um, and it also lets you use your classmates, so if you wanted to make your classmates criminal, <laughs> you could. Um, I figured that would be fun, like friends could tease each other and yeah. uh, stuff like that. Uh, just to have a little bit of a bonding um, there with them if they wanted to, but... Like, with my, I mean, in one of my English classes, we actually made a booktube video. So, I mean, that was interesting. It was it was really difficult <laughs> trying to get everything up, and it just made me uncomfortable staring at myself in the camera. But, it's like, I mean, I feel like it could be useful in my classroom uh, when I become a teacher, so. That reminds me of the, the game Clue, like, finding out who the murderer yeah. was. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I think... I don't storytelling alone is difficult with math. I mean, there are stories to tell, whether it's like the history of math and stuff like that, but when it comes to the standards you have to meet within a school year of teaching, are you going to have time to teach that specific stuff unless it's a class over that? So I try to kind of avoid that, but I think maybe, you know, if you could consider it storytelling, like if you guys watched like the Khan Academy videos or oh, the videos yeah. where it's just like a blank screen and with a guy talking and writing. I think that'd be interesting to have students do 
over new topics covered, you know, instructional style videos of how to do something, you know, just basic. And then each student would maybe get a different one and they could all watch each other's and stuff to learn from each other and stuff. I'm trying to think of more ways <laughs> that they could benefit from it. I think with just being an elementary teacher, like my mind immediately goes to something kiddish, but like just thinking yeah. of math, like I thought that'd be cool to do like shapes, have them tell a story and like their characteristics and things like that. But my mind just automatically yeah. goes to I mean, ways I could to do approach that, little kids. I don't know if high schoolers, high schoolers would take that seriously. That. <laughs> I mean, when he actually brought up uh, your math, like the first thing that popped in my head was the problem, the story problems, like the guy that bought like seventy cabbages for unknown reasons. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you could make it into like a comedy like, thing. You yeah, can, like just things like that to solve their problems. Like, that Sally just popped into my head. Candy yeah, bars, like, like now Sally has diabetes, <laughs> like those yeah. kind of things. Like, my mind just really automatic. That's a harsh one. I think I could make it funny and appropriate right. for the age group and stuff. I think that'd be cool. Like yeah, those unrealistic like math problems. Yeah. Just yeah. the completely, the ones that you see in, like, <laughs> the names no one understands. Elementary yeah. school tests, yeah. yeah. Well, I had teachers who would use the names of the students and the problems. Oh, yeah. And like, I had my name was used that. so many times. I'm just like, I'm not like this. <laughs> But, uh, I don't know, it was just fun, like, they'd be like, Sarah's standing on top of this building, she wants to know what the tangent is, and yeah. just stuff like that, I was like, it, it, you could do something like that, I mean, I don't yeah. know how technology could be used in it, but. Really, if you're, when it comes to storytelling, I mean, you could tell the story of someone who needs to solve a problem for some real world situation yeah. reason, mm-hmm. like, they want to build a roof and determine the angle that the you know the braces need to be at and stuff i mean just you could do different stuff like that anybody else well in history um it's cool that dr brewer's actually a history teacher so he go so he always brings it back to like history and social studies and he was talking to another student earlier about what to do with their digital story assignment and he brought up vietnam and have them do like a newscast in vietnam I actually really like that idea because it gets you more in-depth and personal to the time period of what happened in Vietnam and stuff like I think that would be a really good idea mm-hmm. for my classroom. That would be interesting. Plus, I mean, my grandfather, he loves uh, war and stuff, and any time he'd come to wake me up when I'd say that, he'd say, good morning, Vietnam, like they would on the radio <laughs> yeah. station. That's so, I mean, so you could have them do their own little radio it, broadcast. Um, in one of my previous classes, um, creative process, we had to create like a video of the steps we take to make a painting or a drawing or something. And I thought that would be really cool to incorporate that into my classroom because you don't, because you're just so many kids and they're all creating something, so you don't get to see every little thing they do, their mm. technique and their style. So I thought that'd be cool for them to maybe. I made like a silent film because I didn't like talking, and so I just had like. It would show like the paintbrush and everything I'd use, what number, and then it would go to a slide, and I'd tell like I typed what I wanted like to say, mm-hmm. and so then go back to like the video of me painting, and then I, I, I thought that'd be a cool way, like a silent film if they're nervous or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's definitely important to if you're gonna have students make stuff like that, to consider that some of them may not be comfortable with that. Now, Brewer makes us do that, but we're all supposed <laughs> to be teachers. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think everybody in here has to kind of get over yeah. their shyness in a way. And I, I mean, I, I'm speaking for myself too. I have a lot of issues with that. 
Okay, so what is something tangible, like a product or a program, you are taking away from the course? Something that you can use or you have used already? I liked the, uh, just the fact that we had to create a website. Because really? I, I, I've always been up to date on technology. I've always been into like video editing, photo editing, you know, music creation, all kinds of different forms of technology. But one thing I'd never done was made a website. And I still don't feel like I really have the credit of making a website because I didn't code it and all myself, but still using Wix and looking through the other ones that we, uh, he provided for us was, it was pretty cool to be able to see how some of these websites are made and stuff and actually make one on our own. Yeah, I agree with the website thing. That was, that was really interesting to me because I have never made one and I didn't know the process of making one. Yeah. So I thought I'd just never be able to do it and it's not my thing but yeah it sounded like it was far-fetched like yeah. we wouldn't be able to do it <laughs> I thought you had to be like really experienced in like <laughs> tech and stuff and the, that's not me well I think that that goes to show a little bit of the importance of technology and the you know the educational um, goals that can meet and stuff because well I mean up until I don't know how long Wix has been around but before to make a website you had to know how to code mm -hmm. and you know how to do all the specific stuff that you know the ins and outs but now there's programs and websites like Wix and Squarespace that you can go and build from templates and it's going to look professional and yeah. unless somebody has built one with Wix before they're not going to really even know a difference yeah. so that's the cool part I mean you can open up new pathways and stuff depending on your content and all that stuff mm -hmm. with technology that students would have never thought they'd be able to do. Which, I mean, I do agree with that, but one thing I did like was the fact that he didn't have us take any tests in here, which one was very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> with the, some that we didn't have to worry about that. But also, like, that the things that he gave us that were, like, what he graded, like, what normal professors would grade a test, yeah. is that it, like, we had weeks to do this. Yeah. And it wasn't like we had to, like, memorize all this information and then forget it as soon as we write it down. Yeah. I mean, and it, it was less stressful, too. Yeah. I mean, so, it's like, I had time to kill, basically. I mean, I could just lay around and work on other assignments if I needed to. And so, I mean, like, things like the web quest and uh, building your own website and uh, just stuff like that that we did, or, like, the Ed Puzzle, um, things that, I mean, I could see that being very useful Yeah. Um, in the classroom, and I might try it, just, like, don't know how it'll work out with <laughs> high schoolers because they're all tired so, <laughs> at that time, but, so, I mean, we'll see. I think my favorite... I think my favorite tool that we used in this class was the blend space. That was probably one of my favorite projects just because I was able to, I mean, make it integrate technology, but also like at the end of my blend space, I had it to where there were different lessons that they could, if like one student needed strength, like strengthen there, or they had weaknesses in a certain area, they could do a certain project that would help them with that certain thing. So the students kind of had a choice and had a say in what they needed to learn or what they needed more work in. And I also like that, like, we would get and use technology at first, but then at the end of the lesson, like, there was different activities that got them moving around the classroom and doing different things. So I think Blend Space is one of my favorite tools and stuff. I definitely liked Blend Space. I was thinking of how it could be used, you know, to teach stuff, not necessarily over weekends or over school breaks, but, like, if you had something prepared for, like, snow days oh, yeah. or stuff like that, just something that... Or if you had days that you knew you weren't going to be able to come in, you know, scheduled, like if you had a meeting or something, you could, I was trying to think of ways to 
have that in in case for some reason you weren't there so you're not relying on a sub that may not actually do it well i'm actually a substitute teacher and it is awful when the teacher provides you with something that you have no idea like they didn't provide any background information like this is where the students are i mean it it's really hard to catch up and then sometimes the students like to mess with you (laughs) because or they correct you you're not you're not doing it like my teacher yeah i'm so sorry Mm -hmm. i can't say anything i was the kind of student that would pick on subs (laughs) i i've learned a lesson though junior year of high school we had this one sub that we would always mess with because he would never really punish anybody then senior year he was a teacher there and i had him for one of my classes but he was really cool about it because <laughs> I apologized first day because he remembered me. That's hilarious. I mean, I've had to put students on verbal lockdown because they wouldn't stop talking and do their work. And I was like, next one who talks gets sent to the principal's office. And none of them knew what a write-up was, too, which I was very surprised. It's like, people were written up all the time. <laughs> it's like, and that was always the main thread. And I was like, they didn't seem to care. And so I was like, okay, no one's talking. <laughs> I mean just because like when they see a sub they're like oh free time but yeah. if a teacher had prepared something like a blend space that they already knew the thing i mean it might help that go a little more smoothly for sure <laughs> it's like i've had them leave like a full lesson and it could be like something i totally have no idea about mm-hmm. and i'm like i don't even know how to teach this <laughs> I mean, they don't even leave any, like, background information on, like, like, I'm going to be grading this, so make sure it's done. I mean, so I can't even use that be like, this is going to be a grade, so you got to get it done. I mean, it's like, because I don't know. So, like, <laughs> my threats are just empty. <laughs> so. Oh, um, I really like Anchor because I've always loved podcasts because they're very auditorial, and that's how I learn. That's how I just, my life runs. Very sound-oriented. So, and I love that you, all you have to do for Anchor is just press a button. Like, you don't have to actually know how technology works. You just need to know how to press a button, and then it does what it needs to do. That's especially something I really want to do in my classrooms, because I feel it shows emotion without actually having to show your face, mm-hmm. which is, I don't, I don't like doing videos, because I don't like seeing myself, but I can listen to myself fine enough. Okay, what is something cognitive, way of thinking, pedagogical approach you have learned? I think we've all kind of covered that within the last question mm-hmm. and the question before that. Um, what questions do you have as we come to the end of the course? What do you think is next? I don't really have any more questions. I'm more interested in taking what I've learned and putting it to use. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm already thinking of so many uses for the, you know, like we already said about blend space. And uh, I'm thinking of, you know, how I could do a web quest in a math class that wouldn't take up too much time but would be interesting and maybe engage students. Because I don't want to be the teacher that everybody hates or everybody (laughs) thinks is boring. And I think there's a stigma towards math that everybody already hates it, you know. So... I don't know. I think my goal is to have students on the first day of the year be like, who hates math? Everybody raise their hand. <laughs> and then by the end of the year, see how they've changed their mind. Yeah. And, and using tools like, you know, Blend Space and the, the, you know, Wix to make a website for a web quest and the different videos and podcasting stuff to be able to do that throughout the year. I don't think I really have any questions. I just hope that I take what I learn and use it properly and... Yeah. 
don't forget about it. <laughs> Trial and error. Yeah. I guess this course really taught me to just, yeah, experiment. And if you're not sure about something, like what we said earlier, we had no clue that we would be able to create a website. But we mm -hmm. have to just think of all the possibilities and try it before, yeah. like, giving up. Well, something I like that he's, he's constantly said throughout the entire semester is to play. Mm -hmm. Like, just yeah. mess around with things. I love that. I mean, yeah. And, listen, I mean, with English, I mean, there there is some wiggle room that you can do a fun stuff like that with. I mean, like, I was trying to think of, like, games to do. Like, I know some people play, like, the basketball, like, with the trash oh, yeah. can. And stuff, like, yeah. with vocabulary and stuff like that. But I was like, I don't know, I want something more. So, hopefully... I, whatever I learned in this class I can use to try and find a way to help bring that play into my classroom. For sure. Well, are we all good? Everybody said their last thoughts? I think so. Yep. Right. Okay. Thank you for listening.